Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. I was asked a while back how and why EIG decided to invest in a radio show that supposedly has no ROI for an investment firm. Well, the idea for this show came about after Karen Ellenbecker, our founder, got back from a trip to Africa. Uh, She wanted to come up with some ideas for how she could make a difference for the people of Kenya and Ethiopia. And after she shared her ideas with other entrepreneurs, she then asked, now what can I do to make a difference right here in Milwaukee? Well, we obviously can't sponsor or donate to all the wonderful organizations that are doing great things in our community, but we can support them by helping them get the word out about their mission. So Milwaukee's philanthropic community radio show was born. We started in January of 2018, and since then I've highlighted hundreds of nonprofits making an impact in our community. You know, we sometimes tackle tough issues. Sometimes it's popular topics that are talked about out in the world today. But the bottom line for us is that we inform, we inspire, and we impact our audience by sharing what others are doing to make a difference in our community and in our world with the hope that people will step up, step out, and make their own impact in some way. EIG is a women-owned business, as many of you know, and we support and encourage empowering women. Today we're going to talk with two leaders in the community who will share how their respective organizations contribute to that and also how they're at the forefront of positive social change. My first guest today is Tracy Williams, President and CEO of the YWCA of Southeastern Wisconsin. Welcome to the show today, Tracy. Thank you, Jill. It's great to be here. We're glad to have you and excited to hear more about what's going on over there at the YWCA. Um, First of all, I understand there's a congratulations in order. You are the newly appointed president and CEO of the YWCA of Southeastern Wisconsin, so big congratulations on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Why don't we just start by you telling us why this job and why now? Well, I find that to be a very interesting question. I'm a native of Milwaukee. So Wisconsin and Milwaukee is my home state, hometown, um, and my career has taken me full circle. I'm at a point in my career, I'm about 25 years plus in, and a through line to my career is focusing on on issues of equity and inclusion. Um, I've worked on uh, education disparities, health disparities, um, worked in educational institutions, universities, corporate America. So really, the mission of the YWCA is aligned to my personal purpose. Um, I believe in bringing your whole self to work, Mm -hmm. and I believe that's what a lot of women do. And so I'm really poised and ready to just uh, take this charge and lead our mission. Wonderful. And, you know, DEI is a topic that is being talked a lot about out in the world, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, it'll be interesting for us to dive into that some more. But um, why don't you tell us about the mission and the vision of the YWCA? 
Well, the mission of the YWCA, we're dedicated to eliminating racism, empowering women, and promoting peace, justice, freedom, and dignity for all. And so we look to do that in several ways. Um, I think through the years, we have um, found that there are certain ways in terms of direct service that really support our community, but we also understand systematic racism and inequities, and we are really looking to tackle that as well. Okay. Well, so you you have specific programs that benefit individuals. You you um, engage in collaborations, and uh, you examine and challenge the systems that perpetuate barriers, as as you you talked about. But let's let's break that down. So first of all, let's look at the programming. Um, share what's different about your approach. Well, first of all, the YWCA has been at this work for a long time, over a hundred years. And Wait, in, say that again. A <laughs> hundred years. Yes. I don't think people realize that. A hundred years. Wow. Absolutely. And in addition to that, we have a network of 2.3 million women. Wow. So we're not doing this alone. And I can tell you, I've been in spaces and organizations that really embark on what our mission is, but don't quite understand what it means to take on um, this type of work. So in terms of our programming, we look at this as a holistic model. Um, We have dual work. So as I mentioned, direct service and system change. And we look at it as one mission. So we seek to, right now, we're poised and ready to focus in on intersectionality and what that means. So that means the issue of race and also the the issue of gender. And how do we address systems in that, through that lens as well. Um, Right now, we do focus on um, racial justice. We're working with many employers and different entities in terms of their internal um, cultures, and they're seeking to um, basically to infuse our mission into their organizations and companies. And at the same time, we're empowering not just women, because we do have some male clients, but predominantly women in terms of their education and other issues that... uh, point to empowerment. Okay. Well, and education is so important, isn't it? You Absolutely. Know, that's one of our founding principles at Ellen Becker. That's why we have an education center. We offer a lot of education to the community, to clients. So yeah, education, I agree, that's key. Um, you said that you have community partners and that you have a growing number of collaborations to help make this vision that you have reality, right? Yes. Um, Our relationships span throughout Southeast Wisconsin, and I'm pleased to share about the momentum we're gaining in the Racine area, Racine Kenosha. Um, We have received grant dollars to really collaborate with the Racine Unified School District, Um, the Gateway College. um, We have just numerous corporations that we're beginning to not only work with clients in terms of their education, but then we're looking at um, their their trajectory in terms of the workforce and influencing the employers that would employ them once we work with them to enhance their educational opportunities. So you're getting uh, involved in workforce development in Absolutely. Obviously throughout the southeastern Wisconsin, but you're saying there's a good focus down there in Racine and Kenosha. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I understand that you serve quite a few people on an annual basis. 
Yeah, we're at about 10,000 in terms of the people we serve annually. And, you know, I am, I'm a visionary. So I anticipate that we'll be able to really uh, use this as a, a launching pad to a larger vision, of especially with the momentum we have in terms of the number of people willing to have the discussions that we've been having for many, many years. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome. It's good to be a visionary. Um, the question that I think of is, you know, we we make sure that, that uh, at the beginning of the interview that I said that you are from the YWCA Southeastern Wisconsin. Do you only provide services to Southeastern Wisconsin or does it go outside of that area? That's our focus area. We have, there's over 200 affiliates throughout the nation. So um, we have colleagues all over the nation and all over the world focusing on the same mission. We may approach the mission a little differently. So that's why this is our target area. Okay. So there's somebody to help in the northern part of the state that is still YWCA, but just a different uh, uh, geographic Absolutely. area. Absolutely. Yeah. I come from uh, the Madison area, oh, and there's okay. a very strong YWCA in Madison, and I was part of many of their efforts as well. Okay, wonderful. So wherever you are, there's somebody there to help you from the YWCA. Nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's that's impressive. 10,000 people a year, that's, that's a lot of impact, I'm sure. Um, given the societal challenges that we've all dealt with over the last few years, organizations have had to be uh, creative and flexible with their goals, their outcomes, and their business plans. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to learn more about how the YWCA has approached this. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm talking today with Tracy Williams, who is the newly appointed president and CEO of YWCA of Southeastern Wisconsin. So, Tracy, tell us a little bit about how the YWCA of Southeastern Wisconsin has had to be creative and flexible in your mission to serve? Well, like many organizations, we've had to pivot in the way that we deliver services, the way we think about services. And what we've done, and I believe it, I would say it begins with our staff. Our staff had, from my understanding, I've been there for six weeks now, Okay, yeah. but in my assessment have, have done an amazing job at pivoting and continuing to uh, serve clients through our mission. Um, one thing that we were intentional about is ensuring our employees were set up for success. So my we've had a very high retention rate because all of our employees are working remotely with the exception of times we do need to gather, but we're very flexible, we're very understanding, and with that type of leadership model, it really helps to continue serving and actually increasing our numbers. That's what we're finding. Wonderful. And what about like uh, uh, online programming? Have you had to do a lot of that? Yes, we definitely transitioned um, like our HSED program, to online and we also provide virtual racial justice courses and conversations. We have consultants that we work with who also adjusted. So we're able to pivot in and provide the services that 
are needed, and we also see an increased demand. So that's what we're looking for is to increase our capacity for the demand that we have. Well, and talk about flexibility, you know. The workforce has has uh, <laughs> it's changed. The whole uh, culture has changed, and um, I think maybe the brick and mortars are realizing that they maybe don't need to have that space that you know people can do their work and do it effectively working from home. And I think that's great that you've met the employees where their needs are, and you're able to to provide that help. And then also on the programming side, you know it's. Unfortunately, people are kind of scared to get out there and go into places to gather. I mean, it's getting better, but um, that's a challenge that we've all faced. And so being able to offer your services in a flexible platform like, I mean, Zooming. Who who has not had to learn how to Zoom? I mean, I didn't know what that was before, um, but have learned how to do that. Uh, And so, yeah, you're, you're... you're creating these these flexible options. So how did that translate to impact then on either your employees or the people you serve? Well, before I go there, I did I did want to make a statement about the flexibility and the remote working. Uh, we do find that proximity is very very important when you're dealing with issues of racial justice and that people do want to gather, although as you mentioned, there's no need to go back to the the same model that I have to see you in my face to know that you're doing the work. But at the same time, we are looking at the demand in terms of people who want to gather. And we do have major events. And we actually gathered in December, and there was quite a big turnout. Mm. But in terms of success stories, we definitely have some in the virtual environment. For example, I learned about a young lady who was seeking to gain her high school diploma. Um, She had to pivot in her life, you know, like most of us did in 2020, and everything had changed for her. At that time, her mother had moved away, and uh, she just, she has her own children, and she realized that not having her degree was a barrier for her. She had tried several times uh, to gain her diploma, but in one case, in one instance, it wasn't a credible resource for her. And through word of mouth, she found out about the YWCA. And she attended our program and was extremely successful. Um, And not only that, her vision has grown. She's envisioning what she's going to do for her future. Um, She feels that everyone played an important role in helping her to be successful through the program. So I'm very proud. I hear a lot of stories similar to this um, where we're making impacts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's kind of like a domino effect. You know, you look at the services that you're providing, and then this woman has been able to get her diploma. Think about what that does for her kids. Yes. You know, and the story that she is not only telling but living you know that anything is possible yes you know you this barrier was existent before but it is no longer and this is how you can go about doing it right so yeah that's that's great and you the know piece that i did leave out she wants to start a counseling center for women ah. and we find that a lot of people that we may feel are underserved and underrepresented they have a vision they want to do more not just for themselves but for the communities Mm -hmm. that they serve or live in and that's wonderful you know that's again talk about impact 
great at a greater scale when you're working to affect the community. That yes. um, all sounds like pretty complex work. Um, how do you get it all done? You know, that's a good question. Um, I have You're learning in- <laughs> how, right? Because you've only been well, there for six weeks. you know, <laughs> I, I have, I'm accustomed to this type of work. And oftentimes, because addressing issues of inclusion, and it's not a tangible um, thing to do like finance. It's something that's dealing with people, and it's extremely impactful, but it's often cross-functional. And I'm very pleased to see that I have a leadership team that works cross-functionally. So they're experts in their area, but they're able to flex and do many different tasks. So I've walked in with a group that's willing to pitch in, willing to utilize their expertise to um, do what we do now, but also to envision what we can do in the future. Mm, That's wonderful. You've got all these things that you're working on um, in a holistic way, right? Yes. Um, You focus on building blocks of economic empowerment, which, again, we can certainly get behind, and you're working on supporting systems change and, you know, all these great things. I understand that I just, in doing some research, I, I heard that the YWCA created a car mechanics training program for women in the 40s. You know, when we talk about innovation, I think <laughs> I think that is really interesting. Yes. Not only that you did a car mechanics training program, but that you did it in the 40s. Exactly. And I, really, that speaks to what women empowerment is all about, even to date. You know, the barriers that women face, we, we have proven to be leaders, even if we don't have the title. And so, and that points back to what I was sharing about intersectionality. Um, I think the nation is ready to begin to dig into what does it really mean for all of us to be included and to pursue our dreams here in our nation, so or around the world. And we have means to do that. And back to our technology conversation, it's easier. I was actually a participant in a cohort that were people all over the world, just on Zoom, you know, on the mm-hmm. platform. But it was amazing because we were touching each other over a virtual platform, and I learned things I had not learned before. Mm. So, you know, that's that's what this is all about. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah, we learned to do things better in a new way, right? Yes. Um, so lots of great things going on over at the YWCA. What, what can you tell our listeners about the future plans? What do you have going on? Well, we always do two signature events, Circle of Women, which is typically the middle of the year and the end of the year, we focus on racial justice. We have an evening to promote racial justice, and we welcome partnerships and supporters to attend these events because we highlight women, we highlight community leaders who are doing the work, who are partnering with us, and we're also looking to join forces to make a greater impact. Wonderful. Well, it's all about impact. It's about informing, inspiring, and impacting, as we said at the very beginning. Three uh, important things. Um, Before you give your contact information, are there any other closing thoughts that you want to share? Well, I just wanted to share something I find very interesting. Our headquarters, we're right on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Drive in Milwaukee. Um, We've been a staple in that neighborhood for many, many years, and now we're gaining national attention. And 
I really believe that means something. And we're poised to really uh, uplift this mission to another level. And I am looking for partners. I'm looking for those who are ambassadors, those who have been doing the work, and um, to join forces with us so we can move the needle and continue to grow together. Wonderful. That's a great goal, right? Um, Give your contact information. Is there a website or a Facebook page that people can go to for more information? Yes. Uh, YWCASEW.org is our website, and you pretty much could find us. You can find information, who our leadership team, our board of directors are, um, our upcoming programs. So that would be a great source. Awesome. And how anybody can get involved, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Tracy, for joining us today. Appreciate your uh, your input and how you're making an impact in the community uh, with your position at the YWCA of Southeastern Wisconsin. And thank you as well and what you're doing in our community. And we appreciate you uh, being so generous and giving us a platform to share our story. You are absolutely welcome. Um, well, it's important that we keep a pulse on what's going on out in the world, the the challenges, the issues, and how they affect the youth in our community. Offering support services that address the issues, it, it keeps people active and motivated to affect change. You know, there's a sobering mental health statistic out there that says in the United States, major depression, specifically among teen girls, increased significantly from 12% in 2011 to 20% in 2017. Eighty-four percent of girls are stressed about the future, like attending college and finding internships or landing a job. We're going to take a commercial break, but when we return, we're going to hear about another nonprofit organization that's helping young girls become problem solvers, more confident, and leaders in their circles of influence. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm your host, Jill Economo. I shared some sobering statistics before the break about young girls and mental health. But what can organizations do to help? Well, My next guest today is going to share her insights on this topic and what they as an organization are doing. Welcome to the show today, Christy Brown, Executive Director of Girl Scouts of Wisconsin Southeast. Welcome to the show today, Christy. Hi, Jill. Thank you for having me and thank Ellen Becker Investment Group. You're welcome. So why don't you give us a quick bio on Christy? You know, how, how did you get to where you are and what motivates you in your work? Well, uh, I I don't want to give the whole bio because there would be decades involved in that. (laughs) So I'll start by kind of what motivated me to come to this role specifically, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, About 10 years ago, my daughter was in second grade. At the time, she was fearless, you know, smart, happy, and really inspiring to me. At the same time, I was vice chancellor at UW-Milwaukee of Finance and Administrative Affairs. I'm a lawyer by training, and I was there. I loved my work. However, when I was out and about, I did a lot of national work, and I would see um, people in my same role. There weren't a lot of women. There weren't a lot of people of color. And that struck me, right? And uh, I learned of this opening around the same time, and I thought to myself, wow, this seems like a role that would be an opportunity for me to help my daughter and other girls see that they can be whatever they want to be. Uh, And at the time, also, what I started learning more when I heard more about the job, and I loved every 
every interview I had, I learned more about why this would be an awesome role for me. But I also learned that girls around age eight or nine, which my daughter was approaching, that is when their self-esteem actually drops about 30%. Mm. And they don't come back up until they're about 14 at least, and then sometimes a little bit later than that. But in any case, I learned more about Girl Scouting, and uh, over the years it has been a wonderful opportunity for my daughter and her troop mates. And I see uh, in her and other girls that this commitment that we have to Girl Scouting helps them build their courage, their confidence, and their character, which is part of our mission. It's a sisterhood. Uh, They get exposed to new things like travel. My daughter's been to the birthplace of Girl Scouting, which is in Savannah, Georgia. Her troop went there in fifth grade. They went to L.A. in uh, eighth grade. And, you know, they've just had a lot of great experiences in Wisconsin and and, in Minneapolis and and Minnesota. They've they've seen the world almost through this uh, exposure to Girl Scouting and also skill building and community building in some ways. My daughter has uh, achieved her bronze and silver awards, and those are projects where girls do something for the community. Uh, And she did something for Homeless with United Way, a great partner of Girl Scouts. And also her silver award was in sports and equity. She really is an advocate for equity. She's an athlete um, and wants, you know, girls to have the same opportunity as boys. (laughs) So, you know, I just think Girl Scouting has been a wonderful thing for her. But some of the reality, too, though, is that there are girls in our community who, or families who aren't familiar with Girl Scouting or some, some don't have the means, the financial means to participate. So I feel as though one of the things that happened to me that is, is important to tell in the story is that I believe I was part of the first wave of community outreach in Milwaukee. I, too, born and raised in Milwaukee. And I was a Girl Scout at a community center, you know, not at my school. And I was only in it for a brief amount of time. And when I joined the organization, I learned that they started um, community outreach really in about 1965. And I'm not going to say when I was a Girl Scout, but it was (laughs) shortly after that. So I feel like I probably was in that first wave. And so community outreach is extremely important to me, and it's important to our board. We uh, have resources there so that girls who have any kind of barriers, not only economic barriers, but also language barriers or other ones. We want to make sure that all girls are represented and served in our jurisdiction. And I continue in this work because I know that girls really have an entire world of value and joy in them. And when they experience an inspiring community like Girl Scouts with new friends and really adults that are uh, that are phenomenal, that they trust, really the magic and the power of that world becomes real to them. And I think the whole community benefits. Mm, Well, I can see why that motivates you. Wow. Well, given the stats that I shared earlier, um, and you you spoke to this a little bit, but why and how is Girl Scouting still relevant and important to girls today? I think the statistics help bring light to to the fact that um, there's a lot going on for girls today. Uh, But, and I also feel like we know that community, families, churches, schools, we're all trying to grow these girls who are going to be strong. And again, our mission really is to build girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. But Girl Scouts is an opportunity for every girl in our region to discover their potential, really. Uh, We create safe spaces for them to do that, safe, fun spaces that are intentional based on research and um, evidence that we have from the Girl Scout Research Institute about what makes good sense for girls to be doing. In these spaces, they can practice courage and be in awe of what might be possible for them. And they learn 
really to move things in the world and how to be a person of character, like I said before. It's really satisfying to know that our organization, as well as the thousands of volunteers that are out there helping us, really are helping to unlock all of that potential in girls. Mm, Absolutely. Well, give us an idea of the involvement, you know, uh, terms of numbers, and then some of the education and the the accolades that you provide. Sure. So we, in 2021, uh, served about 10,600 girls. We had about 5,200 wonderful adult members, who most of whom are volunteers, that help us provide programming to girls. We have programming in four different areas, STEM, outdoors, um, life skills, and our entrepreneurial program, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But about 3,200 girls participated in camp this year. We had over 800 girls who received STEM badges. About 4,000 girls came to the council events that we uh, put on. And then we have over 500 girls in outreach and Latina initiative programs. And really because of the environment that we've been in, we've had to, you know, pivot, as uh, Mm -hmm. Tracy said, and do other types of programming that reach girls in a different way. So we did 1,200 badge in a boxes that we distributed. Um, And the other thing that I talked about earlier was my daughter's own experience with the highest awards program. So there are three awards, bronze, silver, gold is the highest, and over 300 girls received those awards. And they contributed to our community in southeastern Wisconsin over 9,000 hours of community service. Wow. So those are some of the things that are happening. Yeah, that's awesome. And I really like the STEM involvement because I don't know what the numbers are, but I know it used to be so low with with girls in engineering and mathematics. And so I think that's awesome that um, you're diving into that to that area. Um, do you work with any partners that allow you to accomplish these goals and, and create this great impact that you have? We, we have a great partner. We work with many, many partners uh, in terms of the work that we do, both in terms of programming and in terms of funders, all of those things. But one of the things we're doing now, which we talked about a little bit earlier, was um, we are helping develop a diversity, equity, and inclusion plan. And the partner we're doing that with is YWCA. Well, of course it is. <laughs> we know There's they that do. connection. Yes. Yes. It, it's, it's incredible that we, and I think Tracy said it all, it's a great resource in our community. So we wanted to partner with them. We know they have the expertise. We've talked to people on your senior leadership team, Tracy, and it has just been so far a wonderful experience. And really, we think it's going to help us provide a culture um, and uh, an environment where our employees and our girls and volunteers can thrive and everyone can feel they are included and that they belong. So we're really excited about that work. Absolutely. They can feel that everybody's invited to the party, right? That's right. Um, And I think these partnerships give girls an opportunity to work with mentors, you know, and to actually see and work with women in leadership roles, which is which is great. Um, despite great strides, however, uh, women are still largely excluded from corporate leadership positions. Of Fortune 500 companies, 6.4% of CEOs are women, and women fill only one in five senior management positions. So how does Girl Scouting prepare girls for leadership roles? Well, You're going to have to hang tight, listeners, and we'll explore that after the break. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. I'm Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this last segment with Christy Brown, Executive Director of Girl Scouts of Southeastern Wisconsin. So we understand that there's a disparity in the percentage of women in corporate leadership positions. So how does Girl Scouting prepare girls for leadership roles? We believe that um, we as an organization, and again with our, our volunteers, make sure that girls have an opportunity to reach their potential, right? We want to make sure that every girl has a seat at, a ta- at the table and can make her dreams come true. And we do that through three ways. We help them discover who they are, what their values are. We help them connect with others because we believe that you have to be connected in order to get things done in the world. And we want them to take action. So from when they're a little daisy, which is kindergarten, (laughs) through when they're my daughter's age, you know, junior or senior in high school, they're always focused on how can I help the community? How, How can I help identify community problems, help solve those problems? and um, help the world become a better place, as is part of our mission. And we know that girls, there's a lot of data about girls that we're able to get from our national organization, Girl Scouts of the USA, and we know that Girl Scouting benefits girls long-term in ways that help them become leaders. Uh, 79% of girls stand up for what their beliefs are and their values. Over 60% of girls say that Girl Scouts helped inspire their commitment to community service or volunteering. And we know that these types of things are foundations for success. And so we feel that our programming and uh, the way that we work with girls, we believe our, our um, activities that we have girls do, it's not the specific activities we have them do, it's how we have them do it. It's in a girl-centric environment, so and it's girl-led. And that's important because girls take more risks when they feel like they're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Good risks, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They, yeah. And then they become resilient, and they, they're able to fail safely. So in this girl environment, they're able to achieve that. Also, you know, again, making choices about what they do. It's girl-led. And then hands-on, experiential sort of activities are ways that we help girls um, improve their confidence and, you know, practice courage. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the ways that we know lead to things that are important in their life long term and helps them become leaders. Well, and I really like that um, community piece because we don't operate in a silo, right? I mean, like like you said, I mean, it's connecting is so important. Um, that's what I love. What I do is is I'm in the job in the in the role of connecting people and. Um, you need to really do that, uh, connect with other people and come together for a common goal. Uh, so a lot of those things you talked about um, are wonderful in preparing the girls for leadership. You know, our country has faced incredible challenges recently. You know, we've had a global pandemic. We've had community unrest, a charged social landscape that have really forced organizations and communities to adapt, right? So how would you say Girl Scouts has responded and adapted to some of these current issues we're facing? Well, like many in our world, we um, faced this pandemic by trying to discover what is best for girls. And we did determine that we can do virtual programming. So we tried to do as much of that as possible and we did it successfully. Now that we're kind of coming out of that, we have been able to have more programs in um socially distant and physically safe environments like our camps like so we've had much more programming out at our program centers where there's much more space than there might be in um, a regular troop meeting so we've kind of been able to be open for our 
Girl Scout troops in a different way. But again, we've done the virtual programming. We did badges in a box, which I mentioned earlier. But we've also had um, different sorts of experience than the solo troop experience. We have opened up our, we've, I, I love what Tracy said about having experts, you know, kind of on your team. So one of the things we did is had bilingual troop meetings so that it doesn't have to happen in your troop. We've got a virtual person who's leading those troops. Okay. And so anybody can join that um, experience. And we've had similar things where there's been an interest group where girls can hear about that expert. And that's different than we've performed programming in the past. In addition, just recently in this last summer, we had 28 new badges from everything to outdoor skills, but also a lot of STEM badges like you were talking about earlier. We've got programs that are, are that are uh, t- named, you know, what's, um, what is it like to be an engineer? Or <laughs> I think you okay. mentioned engineering before. Yeah, so yeah. we've got programs like that. And those, those have been there for a while, but we are intentionally trying to increase um, that type of programming, both virtual and the badge in a box and through um, normal troop experiences. And then in terms of some of the other challenges that we faced, I think you said this too, that um, not only has there been the pandemic, there's been racial strife, et cetera. Really, one of the things that we've been known for across the United States is being able to reflect our community at Girl Scouts of Wisconsin Southeast. We've had a long history. Uh, we, we're 100 years old in southeastern Wisconsin. You both are yes, centennials. we are. We are. <laughs> and we have been able to be serving girls uh, throughout our community. Um, but we want to make sure that through this economic and racial strife, we're able to make them feel like they belong. And I think I already mentioned the partnership with the YWCA that's going to help us uh, cement that and help us really put that out to our um, not only our employees and our work culture, but really the people that we serve. So we're, we're excited about that. Uh, we also know that for some girls, there have been economic barriers, and our board has really, and as have many community supporters, have, have really stepped up to the plate and offered financial assistance for girls to be able to do Girl Scouting. It's a very low fee. It costs $25 to join Girl Scouting, but sometimes that fee can be a barrier sure. for, for families. Yeah. $25 a year? It's $25 a year to join Girl Scouting, and, and that's uh, GSUSA membership. Okay. And then it's $25 to our local council to help with programming to offset those costs. So it's $50 total for a year for okay. a girl. Uh, and sometimes that can be a barrier, especially right. if you have more than one girl. And yeah. we want all those girls to come in your family. Right, right. And maybe there's a corporation out there that says we want to sponsor 10 girls or something. You Correct. Know, that, we've we've yeah. had that opportunity with corporations and it's just been wonderful. And uh, it helps our girls find new ways to understand what their potential is. Yeah. Um, so we, it's been great to have partners who believe in that mission. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the giving side. I read a um, statistic recently from the Chronicle of Philanthropy that said overall giving has increased 9% from 2020 to 2021. But interesting that research shows that just 1.6% of all philanthropic giving is directed to women's and girls' causes. So why is community support so important, and how does community support help the Girl Scouts to fulfill their mission? Well, the it is really important because of what you said. Um, it sounds stark, but there there really is more money given in that report that you were referring to, the Chronicle of Philanthropy. You can see that there's more money given to 
animals and pets than there is to women's organizations and girls. Um, and girls really need that support because we want them to grow up into leaders. Mm-hmm. And we want them, as you said earlier, too, to take their seat at the table. 6.4% of CEOs are women. We want that to be 64% right. of women. Right. <laughs> so we or need more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We, we need that support. And we've got a lot of community supporters, as I described. But it always is helpful to have not only the community support in terms of financial uh, support, but also volunteers, uh, because that's important as well. And that financial support can come via way of donating to Girl Scouts. But also we have an annual event called Celebrate the Promise. And I don't know if you know about the promise uh, that Girl Scouts say, on my honor, I will try to serve God and my country and to help people at all times. That's the Girl Scout promise. It's a great I promise. I mean, it's it's faith driven. I mean, it's it's. I lo- I, yeah, I love that they keep God in in this in the in that. That's we awesome. do. So we want people to help us celebrate the promise, and that usually um, generates supporters, both financially and awareness of Girl Scouting and our mission. Uh, that's awesome. I think, truth be told, when most people hear Girl Scouts, they immediately get a vision of thin mints dancing in their heads. You know, I, I knew I do. I just put in my family's order. Um, last year, you sold a total of 1,440,384 boxes of Girl Scout cookies in your council in southeastern Wisconsin. Explain quickly, if you will, why the Girl Scout cookie program is so important. Well, it's the largest girls-led business in the world. Girls uh, become more fluent in entrepreneurship, I guess I would say. They learn goal-setting, decision-making, money management, people skills, and business ethics. And they have a lot of fun selling those cookies. And it... it I don't want to say it's competitive, but it's healthy competition. It is, right? and that's so, why they have that goal setting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, to to wrap this up, before you lay down your uh, your contact information, what would you say is your call to action for our audience today? We want everyone to watch girls make a difference in the world, and they can do that themselves by helping to join or volunteer at Girl Scouts, um, help Girl Scouts dream big, uh, see for yourself how empowering it is to be a role model. The biggest reason that people volunteer is because they want to see the impact that they have on girls. It's it's wonderful. Also, donate. And if you have a girl, you know, join. Have her join. And uh, tell her to bring her friends. And they're going to have fun. But they're also going to learn to be leaders in their own sphere of influence and wherever they want to be when they grow up. Awesome. Give us contact information, like the best place people can go. Well, the best place is our website, G-S-W-I-S, as in Girl Scouts, Wisconsin Southeast, dot O-R-G. Awesome. Well, I want to thank both my guests today, Tracy Williams, President and CEO of the YWCA of Southeastern Wisconsin, and Christy Brown from the Girl Scouts of Southeastern Wisconsin. Thank you both for all the ways that you help educate and support and empower women and girls for great impact in our communities, with their families, and obviously for themselves too. So thank you for participating today. Thank you. You, We so appreciate this. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community where you'll learn about some great people, some great nonprofits who are making a difference out in our community. You can tune in a number of different ways, either on AM 1130 on your radio Uh, by going to Newstalk1130.com or on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. 
You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And now you can listen on demand. So if you have an internet connection, you can listen anywhere uh, by way of Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. I hope you found the information we shared today helpful as far as how you can use your time, your talent, your treasure, your purpose, and your passion to help women and young girls on their journey in life. Everyone can do something, big or small, to help make a difference in the life of someone else. And in so doing, you will have found a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.